The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28 and now roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Back with your weekend edition. Hail Varsity Radio continues here from the single barrel. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment. Financing needs go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach. Uh, looks warm in that Husker basement. Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. I'm uh, staring at a lot of Gopher and Husker fans enjoying an incredible breakfast buffet. Fruit, rolls, eggs, breakfast pizza. Got uh, homeboy working on a screwdriver. That's impressive. A lot of bush light is uh, down. And uh, we welcome in Brandon Vogel from his iconic football office. He is ready for uh, a Big Ten Saturday. Vogues, good morning. Good, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. It, it, it's it's a very Big Ten Saturday, <clears throat> I think, both in terms of weather and in terms of the types types of games we have this week throughout the conference. So let's do it. Uh, get buckled up. A reminder with your friends with the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Using your seatbelt saves lives, prevents injuries, only if properly worn, buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Folks, before we get into the week that's been, uh, a thought from you on, on Nebraska's injury situation at quarterback. Uh, I'm sure Whip texted you last night and, and got input. And I'm, I always would text you if, if I need info, info or advice. Uh, that message is, hey, uh, asking for a friend. What do we do on offense? Dot, 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 dot. Yeah, I mean, Whipple's preference might be to find out what, what Casey Thompson can do left-handed, but I don't think that's the way Nebraska <laughs> should go. Um, and given what this offense has been, given where Whipple has been throughout his career, I think uh, I'll be a little bit surprised. I mean, who knows? Maybe Thompson is close enough to, to be ready to go. We'll start here in a little bit here in an hour or two once the players get out on the field. But I'm expecting uh, Chubba Purdy to – probably take those first snaps to have been prepared as the starter throughout the week and then uh, see some some doses of Logan Smothers is the most likely scenario, I think. Brandon, what do you make of the talk? A lot of the talk was, you know, hey, 
those, those backup quarterbacks didn't look prepared. And you heard Mickey reiterate, well, they don't get a lot of snaps in practice. What do you make of that? Do you think Nebraska needs to implement a practice regimen in which, I don't know, the backups get snaps? Yeah, probably. Um, and that might be a little bit of kind of the NFL influence coming in there a little bit. I also think it's not helped by, you know, a, a, a strange season in that regard. You know, not that people aren't doing everything they can. It's just there's been so much change. Like, you know, your best chance to to win games is with just keeping Casey Thompson in the game. Um, and, you know, with with this offensive line, simply moving the ball isn't a given, um, unfortunately. So for all of those reasons, I'm kind of like, well, if Chubba Purdy missed a little bit of time and, and that's part of the reason he didn't look totally uh, ready for the game speed that Illinois was going to provide, then then so be it. I think it'll, it'll be telling if they're, if we notice the difference this week when either of those guys has been prepared, like, you're, you're, you're going to play. Now, Brayden, I just want to get your reaction to something I brought up back in hour one. My inside sources indicate to me that Casey Thompson was seen opening a door in Memorial Stadium yesterday with his injured arm. Now, are you of the opinion that if you can grip a door handle, you can grip a football? <laughs> you can grip a football. Um, can you throw it? Um, why is the starting quarterback opening doors for himself? That's, we got to get that fixed. That's a culture issue. It's part of NIL deals, you know? You should have a full-time door opener. Um, but, butlers. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, we'll see. I, I'll, I'll be a little bit surprised if Casey's close enough to be able to go, but him returning to practice for at least a portion, whatever that portion may have been, uh, makes you at least wonder about it until we get to kickoff. Brandon Vogel with us from HailVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor. Follow him on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. Uh, We're diving into Nebraska, Minnesota. The Gopher team just down the hall. They are enjoying their breakfast here. We're at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate in the Haymarket. Swing by. We're here till 9, taking you uh, through kickoff. Uh, Jeff chimes in, wants me to eat some eggs and have a beer in due time. Uh, I am thinking about that. Vogues, you were with us on Thursday as we processed all of the coaching search rumor innuendo, just like Trev said would be. And as we step back and get into the weekend now, uh, what's different for you? Football Scoop came out a little bit after we got done talking with some new names. And we, we beat this up quite a bit in the first hour do you think Trev's got a decision, or is there more of a lean right now? Let's get your Magic 8-ball out. I would say lean. I think that's my takeaway from everything that happened or was rumored to happen, may have happened on Thursday, and then into, you know, nothing beyond that on Friday. Like, I think the search seems to be narrowing. Um, that's my, my gut reaction on that. And that maybe is is all it is. And if so, that's probably about the right timeline because you, you know, you want to have somebody who can be ready to go as close to the end of the regular season as possible. You know, the recruiting calendar 
you you can't be out there. It's dead period until I think December second this year. Yep. Um, so you've got a little bit of wiggle room after after Nebraska plays plays Iowa. At which point, you know, I think you want to be ready to go with whoever that pick is going to be. You know, how about being able to wrangle renegade Whipple? <laughs> Frost couldn't. Doesn't seem like Mickey can either. I feel like Whipple's getting up right now. He's got house slippers and a robe on. And he's he's maybe going to change, you know, he he's, he's going to put on pants begrudgingly and put on his stuff, and he's going to waddle on over to the Dude, stadium. he's in a full Husker red sweatsuit. Don't kid he yourself is, in this weather. I don't think anybody in the building, building likes him, but everybody's scared of him. Uh, you know, do you think at, at this point, though, he obviously has – he wants to throw the ball, right? And that's Nebraska's best chance to move the ball. Um, but have we reached the point, you think, where Mickey has to intervene and just be like, whip, we got to slow this thing down? Yeah, I'd honestly be surprised if he hasn't been trying. Because, um, I mean, that was, you know, they were talking about that after the Oklahoma game, which, you know, that game wasn't that influenced by going fast. But this one – this one kind of screams it to me. Now, it, it becomes a little bit easier for Whipple to, to go his preferred path when Nebraska can't run the ball, of course, which has been the case. Um, so that that gives him a little bit of a a, a, cur, a gentle slope there into to where he'd probably have this offense anyway. Uh, but, I mean, Minnesota ranks third in time of possession, one spot behind Illinois, who Nebraska faced last week. Like, they will sit on this thing and have the ball for 36 minutes. And you basically got to be perfect offensively, no matter what you're running, if, if you're only going to have the ball that many for, for that stretch of time. So, you know, if Nebraska could run the ball, like the, the path to a win here probably comes in like, well, why don't we try to control the clock? But it's not where they've been. Uh, it's probably not what they want to do when they dream up the game plan on Sunday, Monday. But here you are. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of what winning Big Ten games in November is about, and Nebraska has has certainly struggled in that regard in recent years. Brandon Vogel's with us here, a Saturday morning edition, pregame edition, Nebraska Minnesota. And Vogel, you talk about the, the strain that's going to be on the defense with this this offense and what we're expecting out of them. Saying the offense has to play about perfect, but I think you could say the same for the defense. They probably have to play about perfect to give the offense a chance. So, what does a successful day against Mo Ibrahim look like from a from a stat point of view? Yeah, it's going to be tough to to limit him, you know, yardage wise. He gets into the end zone a lot. You know, Chase Brown last week, great back, ton of yards, hasn't found the end zone. And a lot of that can be happenstance, like who you happen to give the ball to down there. Mo Ibrahim finds the end zone, like 13 rushing touchdowns so far. Uh, I think that's second nationally. He's been over 100 yards for 16 straight games dating back to last season. Um He's gonna get. He's gonna get there. I thought Nebraska really uh, did a pretty good job against Chase Brown. So it looks probably pretty similar to that. It becomes, can you, you know, Minnesota, if if it can, will will throw the ball like 15 times. Like if they can move the ball and score points without it, can you force those those passing attempts up by you know limiting limiting Mo when you have the chance, keeping Minnesota behind the chains. That's that's what it looks like. I mean, if you want a real quick barometer, just 
look at how many times Tanner Morgan has to throw it. If he gets up to 25-ish, then Nebraska's defense is probably doing pretty well. Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity Radio Weekend Edition. Coming up, the Iron Horse Gary Sharp will join us on site. Breakfast here at the Single Barrel. So you're invited down. Uh, great uh, great thoughts uh, by a lot of Husker fans. They went with the scrambled eggs and the breakfast pizza. Mm-hmm. Vogues, you are, you're right on about that that running game and if you know whips counter there's comfort in his offense and throwing the ball can you execute it that's always the question that's a million dollar question and it's his job to have gotten plan b and c ready to throw the football if that's the hill he wants to die on but you can't really argue with um with trying to emphasize the run and i just i just don't know if this old dog will it's not even a new trick, but but go with it. Because ultimately, the most important thing is to, to win the football game if you're Nebraska. And you got to adapt and, and adjust. And they did zero of that last, uh, last second half, at least, against Illinois. Yeah, I mean, it's you find out pretty quick in these games whether you can run the ball or not. Um, and it takes um, extreme stick-to-itiveness to keep, like, banging your head into that wall so i mean i wouldn't be surprised if nebraska nebraska tries to run it to see if it can i mean that's that's kind of where we're at in each of these games is like well let's see let's see if nebraska can run the ball oh no again another week and then it just becomes like well if you don't feel confident in doing that you know really you're arguing about how quickly you get away from it or or how willing you are to even try it go back to it and try it but, I mean, the, the results just haven't been there really since the first three, four weeks of the season with the run game. So it's it's tough. I mean, you can say might as well try, but what do you do when you've gone three and out three straight drives? Um, you're kind of left with, with no other options. Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. You know, at, getting back to the, uh, the coaching search and – Kind of the, the conventional wisdom on this on this uh, call today now is that he is um, Trev is probably leaning somewhere versus having made the decision. Do you feel like the Mickey decision is based on wins and losses, or is it more about how the players respond and the plan that he can articulate to Trev about what he would do if he was given the reins? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's it's based on wins and losses. Um, it would sure help, like if if that, if Mickey's your one A, one B, wherever he may fall. Sure would help to <laughs> to get to five, you know, or or so to to just have a little bit of momentum on the field that people can see. Because otherwise, you know, you're selling like well, everything I saw behind the scenes was was great. And that and that can be fine too. And and I also think there's a little bit the nature of having an interim under consideration in any case is largely I think reflective of also what you're hearing out there more broadly. Like LSU. If if LSU manages to to land Tom Herman in twenty seventeen, Ed Ogeron doesn't get that job. 
But then when when you don't land Tom Herman, all of a sudden, like everything that comes out after that, it's well, Ed Ogeron really impressed me, convinced me he's the guy for this job. And that that's how it went. LSU got a national title out of it. But I think that's always a, it's always just kind of there with with an interim head coach. The, Clemson conducted a national search when it when it hired Sweeney. And, you know, who knows who said yes or no to to Clemson? Well, we know Dotto said yes, but who said no to Clemson becomes a big part of the question, too. Brandon, what's your reaction to the, the two new names that we heard this week? Credit to, to Football Scoop for this story. They, they brought up both Gary Patterson and Jeff Monken as, as guys that are high on the list of Trev Alberts. Yeah, strong feelings both ways. <laughs> Monken was a guy who was on my, my top drawer list mm-hmm. last November. Um because I made that just, just in case any ADs call me and need my, need my help. <laughs> still, still waiting for, um, you know, he, he's interesting. He's, he's been kind of in the Paul Johnson option tree and not much outside of that. And I don't think he'd come to Nebraska and run the triple option, not the way they do it army, but really, really interesting candidate in my mind and kind of outperforms what I think are fair expectations at army uh, these past four or five seasons in particular. Patterson, uh, great coach, obviously. Like, he feels like a person out of his time at this moment to yeah. me. I mean, he basically got eased out uh, at a place where his statue is outside the stadium. He's not into NIL. He had some really rough, like, press conference comments about kind of today's player for for lack of a better term i think it's i think it's really tough to to go that route uh if if you're nebraska and and want to highlight what nil can provide here um but also just kind of a modern brand of football you know munkin in particular brandon uh he's high on my list too as soon as i saw that because look outside of Dabo and Urban and Nick Saban, there really aren't a lot of home run hires out there. Right? Just not, right? And uh, so it's really not about, quote, winning the press conference or being a home run hire, but it, but it better be somebody that gets the benefit of the doubt and just garners at least respect out of the gate, right? And Monk, I think Munkin's one of those guys. I think Leipold's one of those guys. Um and isn't sort of that it, right? Like you're just looking for somebody that's kind of out of central casting as far as a head coach. They comport themselves as a head coach. They have reasonably good results. Of course, they haven't done it at a high-profile program because they would just stay there, right? So he checks that box. Are there other guys besides Leipold and Munkin that you think would kind of earn at least that benefit of the doubt and some respect out of the gates if Nebraska went that way? Yeah, I think I think Rule would, um, you know, even though he's coming off unnotable tenure in the NFL, like the NFL has very little relationship in my mind to college success. Um, I mean, Spurrier wasn't successful in the NFL. Saban wasn't successful in the NFL. Right, Urban, very much not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I think Rule would be in that group. You know, like I still think the like Lincoln Riley level shocker here would be Chris Peterson. I mean, he definitely would for me, but I, I don't think that's very. <laughs> there's there's a, a tiny fraction of a chance that he'd even. 
I don't think he's interested in getting back into coaching. But when I look at people out there in terms of there's there's no real home runs, and I think that's the way it should be with coaching hires. I, I don't know that there's a whole lot of them in general. Um, Peterson's like the one that would shock me. He would, I mean, I think, I think even, you know, Campbell, some of these names that we talked about a little bit more, you know, a few weeks back, all of those guys kind of garner that respect. And I think I, I have confidence in Albert's ability to lead this search because I think he knows the, the things that you need to have to, to be a successful coach. And it starts on a very, very like small level. Like, are we going to teach these guys to block and tackle? So can that coach do that? you know, it becomes a little bit of context then of, well, how much do people already know that they do that? And with Munkin, it might be somewhat interesting just because he's at Army. He was at Navy before that. Um, you know, we just don't see a lot behind the scenes of programs like that, the way we do a Baylor say. Brandon Vogel's with us. Vogel's, you know, the, the, the trick here is if you go outside and you go get a seven or eight or nine win coach, there'll be a freak out you'll freak well why, why don't you just let mickey try and build up to that in in optimal circumstances and 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 let him get a shot i mean that's that's the the juggling act right now isn't it where uh, the outside versus the the known and it's still been kind of a a work in progress and it's not been a smooth road so i mean that context is super important to me you know, and I even go back to the Riley hire where I was not in favor of, of moving on from Bo because of what he was doing. Nine and ten wins is nothing to sneeze at, uh, let alone a second time if you're a football program. Uh, the national stage meltdowns weren't great, uh, i.e. against Wisconsin. But for the most part, you, you weren't losing to Minnesota or Iowa. Okay, you just you didn't. You beat Purdue. You were at least in that second uh, place spot a lot of times in the Big Ten West or lead, the, the legends or leaders or whatever the hell it was. So you you had a certain bar you were going to be at, and then you go get Riley, and the, the sell job that I bought into was, okay, he'll be able to do more with more because, you know, he was always kind of that, that wow win guy with uh, the leng- little engine that could. <laughs> And, and now you, you fast forward to now, if you go out there and go get to Army's coach or you go look at NC State's coach or Kleiman, and, and he's done well. He's having a great year. So there's some immediate bounce there if, if that's a name. Even even Leopold, even if he uh, kind of slows to the finish line at 7-5, and five, that's, that's sellable. But, man, there's going to be a lot of pushback here because Matt Mickey's got the crowd. He's got a, a lot of the state. Uh, in his corner and and he's earned that yeah he definitely has and you know we we talked about it on the thursday show i think he like if you're talking about like it's six six of one half dozen of the other which i think you get to pretty quickly when you consider mickey joseph interim head coach versus you know Lance Leipold at six and six i mean maybe that's a bad example but somebody in that in that range um you know, Mickey's already got some trust built up on the roster. He's obviously a, a great recruiter. I think one of the things, maybe the thing that's most interesting to me about Rule as a potential candidate is at, at Baylor, he, he went out and found the people he needed to find. 
and, and Joey McGuire is now the head coach at Texas Tech because he didn't have those connections. So he's somebody where I, I think it's really tough. And I think it, I think Nebraska has to say to do everything it can if they go outside to say, hey, Mickey Joseph has been super impressive here. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the new head coach's decision. And a lot of that lines up with like, oh, I've already I already really love the guy I have who might overlap with him. So um, that's all part of it. But I think I think rule would be open to that based on his history. Brandon, have you been uh, tracking that private flight from Lincoln to Cincinnati? Is that something you're keeping up to date with? <laughs> I haven't. Um, I mean, that's that's another one. I'm. I mean, I'm a little bit surprised that Fickle's name hasn't come up a little bit more often in, in this. I mean, he's another one of those guys. I think what you've got is, is a bunch of those guys who are proving themselves, have proven themselves to be kind of, I think, what we think you need to have to win in the, the Big Ten. And Fickle, obviously, he has Cincinnati playing that way. Um, and comes from Ohio State. He's, he's been two places, essentially, uh, both in, in Big Ten country. Yeah, all in Bugs. the state of Ohio, too. Cranach is, is holding that against a Luke Fickle hire because he's not left the state of Ohio. It's Since okay. birth. I, I, <laughs> but all I'm since, saying since birth to your point yeah. earlier Mark if a Miami radio station sports talk radio called up Schmidt and said hey we've been down in our luck for the past 20 years we think you're the guy to, to revitalize us they Schmitty. are absolutely on cocaine well I'm yeah. just I'm just saying he said it was Miami <laughs> I know <laughs> <laughs> good point Oh, Chris's hairdo and uh, wardrobe would fit in nicely down there. Wow, you just can't you can't go a Saturday without punching me in the junk here on how, <laughs> how my wardrobe is. You look is. like you belong on a yacht right now. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, wow, you're fine there. Cranach's gonna you know steal lottery tickets here very shortly once the show ends. Vogues is is perched Chris in his office. To hang, hang around Mar-a-Lago, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> to, to guard some documents? Okay, we've... Yes, thank you. Uh, no, I'm I mean, if, bundled if Don up. Jr. 37 degrees. Teeting, you guys have similar... If Don Jr.'s hair wasn't... Wow, teeting, no, you guys are no, no. Pretty similar. <laughs> I will take the Benicio Del Toro comparison, but you will not go Don Jr. on me. That's wrong. We, we make fun of Schmidt's outfit once. He's going to start going one by one on all our outfits right now and making fun of us. He already, he already made the gas station robber joke with, with Mark. He was trying to go someone to the brand and realized, you know what, maybe I should make fun of the managing no, editor of Hale Varsity. <laughs> Vogue's always looks stern and ready to throw down. And Elijah can shut me off, so I'm just going to cut my losses. Vogue's, you uh, have yourself a Saturday, okay? We'll do uh, one last thing. Speaking of light pulled, I think I think the Jayhawks get bowl eligible today. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. a shot. It was. Yep. Isn't Texas like a? Aren't they a a double digit fave today? Or am I did I misread that? Texas is uh, minus one and a half at K State today. Okay. Oklahoma oh. State in the mullet traveled to mullet land in Lawrence. Uh, I'm KU's say. favored by one and a half. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. I'm going to check out now. I'm not a candidate for the next job. You're good. No, you're good. Vogues, we appreciate you, brother. Have a good day. Miami Miami Radio, are you listening? Mark Cranach, uh, the Iron Horse. Gary Sharp knows Miami well. We'll get his take whether or not I'd fit down 
in South Beach. Hail Varsity Weekend continues. We're presented by Currency here at the Single Barrel.